0: you're listening to the Ready to Go podcast, where we equip Christians to engage culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, John Christensen, again joined by Pastor Dave Gibson. Last time on R2G, we talked about the importance of the three-story approach, hearing other stories, which leads to your story, ultimately leading to God's story. Well, today we want to zoom out a little bit and talk about what even allows us to hear another person's story, and to speak into their life. So Dave, what do you see as God's main method for opening gospel doors?
1: Well, John, it's great to be with you again today. And, uh, and I think the first place we need to go is look at the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus himself and look at how he interacted with people Um he posed over 300 questions throughout the Gospels. He, he was always taking an interest in other people. And uh, we're going to talk in a, a little another segment about uh, how to win friends and influence people. But Jesus, you can trace all the way through the Gospels that Jesus met people at points of interest and points of need. And it all begins in prayer. We covered that uh, whole emphasis on prayer and that uh, the divine order for witnessing is talk to God about men, and then talk to men about God and praying for those open doors and those open opportunities. So it begins in prayer, and uh, prayer really becomes that fountainhead from which our ministry and our reaching out to others, it really flows from there. And then we care for people. We uh, look for their needs, find a need and meet it. It's a great simple definition of ministry. And uh, Jesus always met people at one of two points. You can trace this all throughout the Gospels. He met them at points of interest and points of need. And uh, what are people's interests? And that, that's why we ask questions. We try to get to know them, get to know their story, and really enter into their lives. And he met people at points of pain and crisis. And people all around us are living in uh, oftentimes lives of quiet desperation. And There's a lot of needs out there. So we pray for them, we care for them, and then we look for those natural opportunities to lovingly and appropriately share Jesus Christ with others. And it's amazing how those three elements uh, tie together, prayer, care, share, and to develop that prayer, care, share lifestyle. That's what we would encourage our listeners to uh, develop as a way of life every day, praying for people, caring for people, and then lovingly sharing Christ with them. Let me tell you a quick story. Uh, I worked with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for a number of years, and the first five years of my tenure with FCA was as a state director in Minnesota. I traveled all around the state uh, trying to share the love of Jesus in the athletic community, reaching coaches and athletes with the good news of the gospel. And uh, the Lord really convicted me. Our office over in Richfield was adjacent to this diversified insurance company and I would walk by this office every day uh, into the office and exiting the office and the Lord stopped me in my tracks one day just saying you know when are you going to reach out to these people right right where you're uh, you're planted there at that office and so, I started taking the initiative, stepping into the office to get to know uh, the secretaries and the staff there, and uh, the, the head of the Diversified Insurance. His name was Jim. And uh, I just knew him just casually. But I said, I'm going to start to build a redemptive relationship with him, ask God to give me, uh, start developing a prayer, care, share lifestyle in this relationship. Jim loved to talk about sports, he loved to talk about. Uh, the Army, he, he served in the Army in the Korean War and loved to tell me war stories. And I'd go into his office and he'd have a scotch on the rocks in one hand and a stogie in the other hand and uh, loved to talk about those things. But if I had ever broached the subject about anything uh, to do with our, our spiritual lives, he would just immediately put the walls up and stiff arm that kind of conversation. So I, uh, I was taking a long-haul approach to uh, reaching out to Jim. He loved to play racquetball, so he and I played racquetball together. We used to play a lot of handball down at the Minneapolis Athletic Club. And uh, so we st- really started developing this great friendship. And uh, we're probably three or four years into this, and, uh, and with very few opportunities to bring up Jesus or any spiritual conversations. Then Jim uh, was uh, stricken with cancer, and it just uh, really was a, one of those rapid... Uh, aggressive forms of cancer that started to really eat him up quickly and I was out at his home and we were talking and uh, you know he was in a pretty tough spot in his life and and his life was hanging in the balance and I said you know Jim I've tried to talk to you about the Lord uh, a number of times and I love you so much you're such a good friend of mine and uh, you know one of my just to be real honest one of my real concerns is that you have the possibility of facing a Christless eternity. And uh, would you be open to me sharing how you can know God in a personal way, know Jesus personally, and shook his head no, and uh, had tears coming down his cheeks as he said that. It broke my heart. And it was about a week later, uh, and this is over a period of time, and the, the cancer had really taken hold of his life. And he was in, in the hospice and went down to the hospital to visit him, along with a good fr- friend of his from years ago, another guy who was an insurance man. Uh, his name was Jay, and Jay led more people to the Lord on accident than most pastors do on purpose. But uh, Jay really had a heart for Jim. We went in there to see Jim, and uh, Jim was all, uh, had no uh, tubes down his nose and it's really on life support. And the whole time we were there, he didn't say a word. And I said, Jim, can you hear me? And he nodded his head yes. And and Jay said, uh, David, we probably ought to go. Uh, Jim needs his rest. And I said, I've got to ask him one more time. And I'd, I had been able to share the gospel with Jim just a little bit, bits and pieces. I said, Jim, can you hear me? And he nodded his head yes. And, and I started to share the gospel with him. And, uh got to the close of the gospel and I I read Romans 10, 8 to 13. I said, Jim, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith that we're preaching, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I said, Jim, are you ready to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus? And, uh, He nodded his head, yes. And tears started coming down his cheeks. And the first words that came out of Jim's mouth that day were, Lord Jesus, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again. We prayed together. He said, I now invite you into my life. Take control of my life, and thank you for coming into my heart, in Jesus' name. Jim came to the Lord. You could just feel the power of the Holy Spirit in the room that day, and the next day, Jim went home to be with the Lord. Almost reminded me of uh, Jesus with the, the thief on the cross, right at the twilight of Jim's life. He came to Jesus. But uh, kind of a culmination of that prayer, care, share, lifestyle, and just looking for those natural opportunities, and the Lord, and his grace and mercy, reached out and saved, miraculously saved Jim. Well, the story didn't end there. Uh, Jim's son, Neil, was his partner in the business, and he was really cynical towards me early on. He said, oh, you're just trying to get my dad to get religion, and he didn't have a whole lot of time of day for me. And Neil liked to play racquetball, too. Well, right after Jim's funeral— which I was thankful I had the opportunity to attend. Dead or in a doornail kind of a funeral. I won't get into that. But uh, Neil came into my office that, that next week and he kind of teared up with me. And he would never come into my office at the FCA office. He said, Dave, I just want to th- thank you for helping my dad find religion before he died. I said, well, Neil, he didn't find religion. He found a relationship with Jesus. And, you know, your dad's more alive today than we are. He's just breathing celestial air, and he's, he's in the presence of the Lord to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And he came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I said, what about you? And for Jim, uh, uh, G- Neil became, uh, he was my uh, insurance guy and is to this day. And nine years later, uh, Neil and I started playing racquetball together. We started we'd go to, uh, arise with the guys and Christmas outreaches. We I took him to the sacrifice and the glory around Easter, and we'd go out and have dinner with our wives. And and Neil was a tough one, but he loved to play racquetball. But we'd often reflect on his dad, Jim, and uh, and I'd just say, you know, isn't it great to know your dad's with the Lord today, Neil? And Neil was a little stubborn. Uh, it took a long time, but eventually I, I was able to plant some seed, one plants in other waters, and then eventually the Lord brings forth the increase. And I got a call on a, on a, right after we had gone to sacrifice in the glory with our wives. I got a call from you Neil. Know, this is nine years after his father had passed, and we had been building this relationship. And he, he had me on the phone. He said, Dave, I just want to tell you I, I put my trust in Jesus Christ. And he had committed his life to the Lord. Got him involved in Bible study fellowship. He's been through BSF multiple times now, but it's just one of those beautiful stories. And he's still my insurance guy to this day and still walking with Jesus. But uh, it's so beautiful to see how God can work. And sometimes we have to have a long-haul approach to reaching people for the Lord. Pray for them, care for them, and then look for those opportunities, those natural opportunities to lovingly and appropriately Share Jesus Christ with them.
0: That's a great testimony, Dave, of how God uses care to open doors for the gospel. People really don't care how much you know until they know that you care. So, the challenge is to intentionally care this week for someone in your sphere of influence who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe it's someone who you have been trying to intentionally love for some time, maybe it's a new person. It could be having them over for a meal giving a gift, writing a thank you card. It could be as simple as asking how you can pray for them. Whoever it is in your life, the challenge this week is to take the next step in caring for them, praying that God would open the door for the gospel. Well, the next episode, we're going to be talking not simply about caring for individuals, but how do we care as a lifestyle in every interaction that we have. And so until then, keep loving people well and sharing Jesus. Let's go.